Stephen Jill here. Hi. Welcome to the House Academy Show. <laughs> Entertaining real estate investment talk. I'm Stephen Jack Butella. And I'm Jill DeWitt, broadcasting from sunny Southern California. Today, Jill and I talk about screwed up mailer, now what? You know no. what the original title was? Crawling, just, that's okay, hang up the phone. <laughs> oh wow, he tried. Wouldn't that be funny? The original title was, so you screwed that mailer up, now what do you do? Mm-hmm. But I thought it was just a little too harsh. I, <laughs> how is that different? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's if, go ahead. Before we get into it, let's take a question posted by one of our members on the houseacademy.com online community. It's free. Molly says, a friend of mine who is a very successful land flipper from a different education group told me that he lists his properties without buying them or notifying the seller to see who would buy them. Oh, then he would double close on the property. That's a little scary. Yikes. My first question is, is this even legal? And second, is this a recommended way to market the properties? So, and I, this is a land, they said I, the word land is in here, but this is a very common thing to do. I see people doing this a lot with houses, which is why I included it in this show. Okay. What's the answer, Jill? Is it legal? I don't think it's legal. You have to have some vested interest in it. You need to have a sign. If he has a sign, but he doesn't even he doesn't even okay list his properties without buying them or notifying the seller to see who would buy them. You need to have a conversation. I would not want to find my house listed on on the MLS without me knowing it. Should because you're a wholesaler and you came along and you know sent me an offer. So what's what's happening here? Quite simply, is that this person uh, is acting, is representing someone else in the purchase or sale of their asset, which is the, the very definition by law of a real estate agent. Right. And so there's deep, steep issues, uh, yeah. and there and there's a lot of case law uh, of people being getting it. It's like practicing uh, uh, medicine without a license. I was going to say safe sex. Practicing <laughs> safe sex? <laughs> you need to have a contract. Uh, you need to have a written agreement that says, great, you want to sell your property? Good. I want to buy it. I want to buy it for 100000 bucks. By the way, I'm going to go market it for more. Right. And I'm not going to actually buy it. What's going to happen is I'm going to go market it because I have this beautiful marketing machine all set up in place that you don't have, that no real real estate agent even has. I am not representing you in the purchase or sale of your property. I'm actually gonna buy your property. I'm just gonna market it before I do, and here's the numbers. Is that okay with you? Sign here. Mm -hmm. And here's the length of the agreement. It doesn't go on forever. It may, let's say it's six months or some number. So everybody knows exactly what's happening. And you should say in there, I'm probably gonna list it on the MLS. I'm gonna do all kinds of crazy stuff. I'm gonna present myself like I own this property. Mm -hmm. Is that okay with you, seller? Sign here. Then you have what's called equitable interest in the property. Uh, you have a contract to purchase, you, you, and you're outlining all the details of how it's going to go. That's the first question. Is it legal? That's how you make it legal. Uh, the way that it's described here, no, it's not. I don't know if it's legal or not, but I know that the Department of Real Estate that you're in, I think this is all 50 states, you have to have a license to represent somebody. Right. The second question is, is it recommended? And to which I say, and Jill may say something else, Hell no. Right. <laughs> it's like, I don't like it either. It's like, it's, it's uh, you know, like with lamb, we call them options. 
an option kind of thing. I don't think you're all that interested. If you have 10 of these floating around, you're not going to be, are you really going to go all in? I don't know. And I just like owning the property and being able to make the decisions. You know, it's, it's just better. And I can have an open house whenever I want. I can leave a key under the mat. I don't have to think about this stuff. I don't worry about the guy in there. I don't worry about him changing his mind, by the way, because that could happen. This has certainly happened on house deals, especially right now. I bet this is happening. We have it in our contract. I'm spending $10,000. I'm going like gangbusters. I'm out there marketing this property and I find a buyer and I come back and the guy says, oh, I forgot to tell you I lost my job. We can't sell. That could happen. And now you're going, great, I just wasted all that money. And are you really going to go through and try to sue them or something like that? Come on, that's not the right thing to do and you don't want to be that guy. Stuff happens. I'd rather own it, buy it. What I would do though is I'm buying it. We're closing on Friday. I'm My ad is my pictures are done. Everything's ready to go. I've got it all lined up. So maybe even... Thursday night at 10 o'clock, I push the button, it's out there, you know, kind of thing, we're, because the wire's happening and the recording's happening on Friday, it's, it's like done. The guy's moved out, there's no chance of anything. Are you okay with that? Keep going. Okay, then I would be like going like nuts at that point. I'm comfortable with that. What? Here's some ph- philosophical <laughs> advice. You know, I ask you questions you don't want to answer, like, no, I'm not going to answer that question. No, I don't, I mean, I... I don't have anything to add. Okay, I mean, right. I agree with you completely. <laughs> okay. There's a million what if scenarios that can happen. If you control the asset, yeah. you just, it, if a deal's worth doing economically, then do it. Exactly. So it. here's some philosophical advice, not just about real estate. When something seems sketchy or weird, and you ask yourself, well, if it's sketchy and weird, then why do they do it? Here's the answer always it's ridiculously profitable or it's free. Those are the two things that will get everybody in trouble, you know, with permanent consequences. <clears throat> the whole drug industry is built on, well, it's ridiculously profitable. So if you're questioning something, like this person's asking a great question, is this even legal? It's free, that's why. This whole concocted scheme here of writing a, an agreement, an option agreement, or whatever they're, they're calling it to do a double close, there's a lot of words for it. Mm-hmm. is because they don't want to make, they don't want to buy the property. Mm-hmm. They want to get 10 of these things going. It's, you can picture what this person looks like too that does this a lot. They uh, have a day trader type mentality. They love risk. They probably go to Las Vegas a lot. They want to get 10 of these things going. They don't really care about the seller or the real estate or the buyer. They want to, and they want the title agent to do all the work. Just, and they're kind of sweaty. Do they wear gold chains? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't have anything against gold chains. (laughs) I just think they probably they sweat too much because they're all jacked up. Do you know what's funny about this? I I want to end it on this for me. (laughs) Let's end it. But um, I'm all for bending the rules. But there's this there's parts of this that are even over my line. I I won't do this. You can't not tell the seller what's going on. If if you have a two hundred fifty thousand dollar house. And the seller's calling you, uh, really wants to buy, sell you the property for 128 grand because of some life circumstance. That's a good enough deal to just buy it. And if you don't have the money, that's okay. A million people in our group do, including Jill and I. So then just buy it, and maybe you go list it correctly, and you're the owner of record, and uh, you know you sell it for 200, and everybody's good. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Today's topic: screwed up mailer. Now what? This is the meat of the show. 
Okay, so let's talk about how this happens. You want to you want to lay the foundation, and I'll tell sure. you. Sure. Okay. Uh, first of all, maybe I've done bajillions of mailers, and there's only maybe one or two that didn't work, and it's all because of of, of a couple of things. Number one, I I chose the dramatically chose the wrong place to send the mail. Doesn't happen too often. Doesn't happen to me ever anymore. Or number two, I price it wrong. I still price stuff wrong. That's mm -hmm. the truth. That's okay. Do I ever get a goose egg on a mailer? No. Right. And Jill will explain why. So those are the origins origins of of a messed up mailer. So if you're new at this and you haven't done a lot of mailers, I don't want you to like obsess about it and 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 give yourself a reason not to send a mailer out because you might fail. That's silly. Right. There's always a chance that you're going to fail at whatever you're doing, but it's very, very, very unlikely if you if, extremely unlikely if you follow the steps that that we uh, we provide. That's funny about this. I would argue that it's impossible. It's impossible to not get the juice out of a mailer because here's the reality. OK, so mail, it goes out. You you did all your research. You priced it. You did your best and you came in way too high and people would call this a messed up mailer like, uh oh, every single darn person that I mailed signed it and sent it back. Oh, I messed up. I priced them too high. Now what do I do? Okay, that's not a problem. You have so many, you've identified again that these guys all want to sell. Okay, sure. Now, now we have to undo what we did because we priced it too high. It's not what we really want to spend. And you can do that. And But now you sit down, you got however many, It's you're really not going to get all 100% of them back because there's a lot of people, even if you come in hot, you know, you're probably not going in over retail. That nobody would do that but you came in at maybe maybe this is a house show maybe you came in at 95% retail instead of when you're really kind of meant to come in at like 75 or 70% of retail that's kind of where you were targeting kind of thing you can you can back up so you're gonna get you know again there's some people that don't want to sell regardless of the price they're gonna retire there or they've got kids in school or they have nowhere to go whatever it is so you've got a lot of mailers to sift through. Well, you take all those responses, line them up, figure out the ones that you do want to buy, and then you're going to call them back and have a conversation with them. And what's interesting is this is happening right now, a version of this today for all of us because of the virus. Every single person in our community that sent out a mailer before January is now looking at these houses differently and I bet there's a lot of you right now in house academy or just people in our world that have done houses or doing houses you know think about it what's the contract you would have negotiated in January and the price you're going to pay now in May oh it's different and you know what you're looking at it going I need to really plan ahead because I'm not sure the price I want to pay right now in May is a price I'm gonna I would do in June okay so hold on a moment I'm I'm going under contract in May I'm closing in June I need to hurry up and flip this thing. What's going to happen June, July? I need to really plan for that. So the point of this is, and the why I'm spelling this out, this is a conversation that you're going to have with the person. And there are no surprises. Everybody kind of knows that. They're watching the news. They're watching their neighbors. They're seeing what's going on. They're, they know people are even hesitant to, to put things on the market because they don't know what they're going to get, what kind of offers they're going to get. So... How you, how you recover from this is have this conversation. And I just did a whole thing on it last week. Um, I did a Facebook Live that you can go check out. It was on Friday, talking about my steps and how to recover. 
and have these hard conversations like, uh, you know what, that was pre-virus pricing. Here's what I'm willing to spend and that's it. So you have to candidly tell them just that. Hey, and this is my business too. You know, this is the best I can do. I go into it in great detail there on the show. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to hear, how much do you want me to, tell me good stuff. You don't I'm care. learning stuff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when I look at you and you have that look. You're like, hell, I don't know. <laughs> All right, so you so here's what you do. Number one, I'll give you the I'm gonna give you kind of a recap of what I, I did last Friday. Number one is get into their heads a little bit, be a little understanding. Um, number one, there's a group of people that that may not know that you came in hot. They may think that their asset is worth more for some reason that you and they all see. They all see well look at this guy, this is the first guy I've ever got an offer that's way more in line than what I want. Now it's because you goofed up. But so you've got to kind of be ready for it when you call him back and tell him, hey, here's the deal. To, uh, you know, explain the situation, you know, you know, if they don't know what's going on, say, hey, I'm, I'm watching this market, this is my business. I am micro watching these markets they are going down and I got a plan for it. So if you do want to sell, I do want to buy. So this is the good news. Yay. I am interested in your property. But, and this is step three, rip the Band-Aid off, which is this, this is the best that I'm going to be able to offer you. And if it works for you, and then I go into my, my thing, I go into the responses that they're going to give you, um, which is one is, uh, hell no, what are you smoking? You know, kind of thing. Number two is, Oh man, shucks. Let me. I gotta sleep on this. And number three is, I expected it. What's the next step? Kind of thing. So um, that's it. So so my thing about recovering here, though, this is what this is about. Is um, now what? You're you need to explain it to them. Uh, be kind to them. I would give them some information about the market. They may not know. That kind of helps some of the people. Don't overwhelm them though. Don't give them st- stats and send them reports and things like that. They're not, they don't need that. They don't need to see 16 comps in their neighborhood where it was listed for this and it sold for that. You don't want to, you know, they can look it up themselves. But just kind of explain it and then come in with, this is the best that, that I can do and I am going to do it. And then let them make the decision they're either in or they're out. This is kind of, I don't want you to negotiate. This is not what we're doing here. Just my price was this, now it's this. And let them sleep on it and give them a short one. Here's one of the things that I've changed with what's going on right now with the, I, you know, we kind of joke about it, virus pricing right now, is I give them a shorter time span because I am reviewing a lot of offers. I do, I do very politely and honestly say, you know, like you came in hot. You really do have a lot of people right now that you're talking to. I need to, I need to know by Friday, you know, I, and I understand you want to sleep on it. Talk to your wife, make a decision. That's great. But I'm reviewing six offers today that came back. I need to know by Friday because if you don't want to sell, I'm going to, I'm going to pull the trigger on something else. And that's fair. Here's here's a a couple of common misconceptions that happen generally with new people and sometimes even seasoned people when markets dramatically change like they are now. Every single piece of property that you send out an offer is worth 
is accomplishable? Is a the is a logical acquisition candidate for you? What's the variable? Price. Yep. So when mailers go out very infrequently and they're not priced right, then you have to do a lot more work on the back end to get the deals. So Jill, what that's what Jill just talked about. You know, you have to get into explanation mode. You need to change your pricing and talk about why. But what you don't want to do in all these cases is obsess on pricing. You are not looking for a seller uh, who knows all about the market and knows about pricing. The people you're going to do deals with on every mailer are in a, in a situation. I'm going to tell a very brief story here in a second to try to really make that drive the example home. You know, there, my mom passed away in about 15 years ago, 15 or 20 years ago, long time ago. And my sister and I are full blown, full time in the real estate business. We are real estate people. And this is a house that a small house in the town that we grew up in. So we both of us, you know, there, there's just my sister and I, we, we inherited all, all this stuff in these houses. So somebody knocked on the door, realized she passed away because we were there and all the commotions going on and said and said, my mother is actually uh, just got uh, divorced. And she needs a house to live in. You know, would you guys, are you, I know it's a terrible time. And they did everything right. Would you consider selling the house? Uh, and here's this is the amount of money she has to pay for it for cash. We both said immediately yes. We didn't even, uh, and we're in the real estate business. I know how much that house was worth. I didn't care. I just wanted to be done with it. It was a long list. So if it works on me, you know, imagine price wasn't even the, the issue with me. It was like, all right, the house is it was all redone. It was a more, more of an emotional thing than it was a money thing. Yeah. And my sister and I didn't disagree on it. So that's what you're looking for. If someone calls back and says, oh, no, that's not the right price, 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 that's not going to be your seller. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So even a really screwed up price mm-hmm. mailer, and I've screwed up the best of them, Joe can get me out of it. Mm-hmm. That's really what, what we're saying here. Yeah, that's true. That, that whole thing that I said, my long, long-winded explanation, <laughs> was meant to be, it's the back end of a short phone call. It really is, you're just, and that's how you're gonna do. Here it is, here's the situation, yeah, I know I sent that, here's the situation now, here's the best I can do, are you in or are you out? That's really what's happening. And if they're out, that's fine. And give them a deadline, say, I'll give you, you know, if you change your mind, I'm gonna be here, let me know by Friday. Otherwise, you know, I wish you all the best, and thank you, and then move on, because you do have other deals to look at. And my final point is, and I'm just going to reiterate what Jill said, what she started out with is, you know, what's the definition of a screwed up mailer? Yeah. Is it one where you have to actually answer the phone and call and do some deals? Because that's what we're seeing. We're seeing people that, for whatever reason, I think it's coming from other, uh, other groups, other learning groups, that how easy this is. And the mail, while the mail does a tremendous amount of work for you, you know, you could never make 10,000 phone calls, you can send out 10,000 offers very, very quickly. And it'll, it'll weed the people out that need to be weeded out very, very efficiently financially and not the time wise and everything. But it's not the five or eight deals that you're going to do or whatever your numbers end up being, you got to talk to the people. And in some cases, you got to talk to them a lot. So I'm fortunate to have a business partner that actually enjoys doing that. It's not my first choice. My first choice is a data. So if your mailer's not going the way that you think it should be going, it's probably because you're not putting the time in that you need to, even if it was priced wrong. Mm-hmm. Good, good. Thank you. Happy you could join us today. Every Tuesday and Thursday, you can find us right here on the House Academy Show. 
Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, we are on The Land Academy Show. Tomorrow, the episode on The Land Academy Show is called Seeing Something in a Real Estate Deal That's Not Really There. You are not alone in your real estate ambition. Seeing something on a first date that's not really oh, there. Girls are famous for I know. that. Oh, that's a good it's one. The same thing. Girls, oh man, I want to shake all my friends. <laughs> they have one good first date. Men, you need to know this. I don't want to say screw up the first date, but I just want to tell you this is how girls think. If the first date there's a connection, a love connection, they think, or they see, or just you accidentally did something charming, um, they see wedding bells sometimes. And then what happens is... <laughs> this isn't the show yet. <laughs> I don't want to hear this go. This is worth going over on the time. And then they ignore the five red flags that come on date number two. Like... He still lives with his mom. They can see past that. He doesn't have a car. No job. They is can my see favorite. past that one. Yeah. He just got laid off and he has and you're paying for everything. They they see past that. I'm like He asked for money. Oh my yeah, he asked for money. He asked for money. He has to move in. Oh man, I'll know oh my gosh. Oh, I'll save it. Okay. <laughs> the House Academy show remains commercial free for you, our little listener. So wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening, please subscribe and rate us there. We're Steve Stephen and Jill. Jill. Information and inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> this is my undervalued property.